0: be
1: doing that show You're listening to The Wrestling Life on iTunes, SoundCloud and at obpapparel.com Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It's episode 173. It's October 4th, 2018. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, are you excited for the Super Showdown?
2: Well, it's a showdown which is in fact super, so I I mean, how could you not be?
1: Oh, so much to talk about.
2: And so many things we can't talk about.
1: Let's begin by kicking around... A topic of discussion that we had briefly on social media this week, and it ties in nicely to the big Super Showdown show coming up this weekend. Shawn Michaels is going to be in Triple H's corner going against The Undertaker, who has Kane in his corner. And I assume that this match will go on last in Australia. Jim Ross thinks this match is going to go on last in Australia. He said if he was booking it. That's what he would do. Uh, He's also a legendary uh, company man. So, Uh, but uh, Triple H and Undertaker, I think, I think we may have, I I, I don't know. This match doesn't bother me. Like, even if it goes on last, whatever, I think there will be enough Gaga that goes with it that it will be okay. Are you bothered at all that this is the most pushed thing on this network special?
2: Um, not really. It's just because it's a novelty show. It's basically, as we talked about last week, just kind of a big giant house show that happens to be in front of, uh, you know, 40,000 people or whatever. And so who's, and for better or worse, Their biggest stars are people that were stars twenty years ago. So, yeah, biggest stars go on last.
1: (laughs) So, so Kevin Ashton interview this week where with the actually, it was published this week, but he did it at Starcast with the Sporting News, where he was saying, "No one cares about the stars of today." And uh, half jokingly said, Who are you going to put in there against Undertaker if not Triple H Balor? So, like, he managed to get his jab in at a short guy. Um, but there is definitely that mindset. And Jim Ross kind of parroted this too on his podcast this week. Can you tell I listened to Jim Ross's show this week?
2: You've mentioned it.
1: Yeah, uh, twice already. <laughs> in, like, the first three minutes of the show. But JR was saying, uh, Well, this tells me. The fact that these guys are in this position on this show tells me that the office doesn't think that anyone has gotten over to that level uh and uh kevin nash said no one cares about young talent (laughs) And is this a self-fulfilling prophecy or are we just doomed to have guys from 20 soon 30 years ago uh main eventing shows for the rest of our
2: lifetime well okay first of all based on the ratings for that final segment this week, ain't nobody care about the old guys either. Okay. Um, second of all, yeah, it's as long as you continue to push them as bigger deals and a bigger, you know, this big epic confrontation of these two old men is a bigger deal than anything else on your show, your championship matches, the shield match, uh, that to me tells me yeah it's as long as you keep they're so scared I mean how all, how long did they pr- they still protect like Kane and Big Show like Kane came back last year and started beating up Braun and Finn like for no reason he destroyed Finn but he also like got like got to go toe to toe and lay out Braun Strowman a couple times who you'd think would be the one guy they do protect because he's the modern giant but Even the modern, the modern top guys have to sell for or be play second fiddle to the old guys, and that's so. Yeah, no, no wonder you spent a long time telling people that these guys aren't as good as it was twenty years ago. And it's it's like every you know every history history making TV show they bring out Austin or DX or something, and they all do. Their old stuff, and it's so much more over than everything. It's like, it's, yeah, because you told them that that was the best era of wrestling, and nothing else will ever come close.
1: That's horribly depressing. And as you have pointed out in the past, it's still Kane because Sergeant Slaughter can't go no more. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, Patterson and Briscoe can't bump anymore. So, oh, gosh, it's, it's gotta be, uh, it's gotta be Kane. So let me uh, just for a second here, as we're talking about sort of the intellectual laziness of booking this match, <laughs> let's let, let me, uh, let me play the devil's advocate for a moment here. All right. And uh, a couple of years ago, we had a discussion on this podcast uh, about a guy named Dwayne.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And
2: you said the reason that it's okay for Dwayne to be in the main events is because he's more over than everybody. Yeah, and that is an indictment of the current talent that they're not as over. Do you still feel that way?
1: Um, I still think that he's more over than.
2: Well, yeah, that's. I
1: I don't necessarily think it's an indictment of the talent as much as I used to, because I don't think the talent is allowed to get over. Okay. <laughs> uh, the storytelling just doesn't exist anymore. Like those guys are from an era where you know they. Booked feuds and they they shot angles and (laughs) they fought for championships that uh, mattered. Although I feel like they would have done a pretty good job with their championships um, recently in trying to make them feel more important and not hot-shutting them around a bunch. But nobody cares anymore because they don't make a big deal about (laughs) championships.
2: But (laughs) AP's been champion for like a year and they don't really talk about it.
1: Pete Dunne has been UK champ for 500 plus days and you occasionally see it mentioned online but yeah I'd run a graphic on every show just listing the champions and and how long they've had the titles like make it none of this means anything if you don't make it mean something yourself
2: (laughs) remember when they were going to do like the top 10 contenders ranking thing on Smackdown (laughs) that lasted like a week
1: yeah (laughs) oh uh, another road dog production
2: mm-hmm.
1: um yeah so i don't necessarily i don't necessarily believe that as staunchly as i did a couple of years ago but yeah i think the most over guys should be in the main event uh but maybe there's a caveat to that when
2: those
1: those guys are 50 and can't go anymore you know
2: <laughs> yeah no that's <laughs> that's fair i it's, yeah, it's tough because you said it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, and you can't—you got to give people what they want. And clearly, like, it's like Undertaker's not in the main event necessarily because he politicked his way there. It's because when the that gong sounds, he gets a nine-minute standing ovation. <laughs> like people still love that dude. I don't get it, but they do. And because the there's such a giant drop-off between the way modern fans feel about those guys compared to how they feel about most of the regular roster. Yeah, that's I guess you just for better or worse, that's what you gotta do.
1: Well the uh triple H and Sean uh triple H and Undertaker match rather that is headlining a uh, super showdown is just laying the groundwork for Shawn Michaels return to the ring at crown jewel the show in saudi arabia and as i the triple h undertaker match we can argue about it argue about its positioning on the super Showdown show or whatever but for some, for some reason that that match really doesn't bother me that much like if i were to stop and think about it yeah it probably shouldn't go on i don't i wish it weren't going on last but eh, who you know who cares as you said, the people still go crazy for The Undertaker. Triple H can look good still in, in relatively small doses. It, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it'll be f- fine and, and fun, and there'll be enough smoke and mirrors that maybe they'll be able to do something memorable. For whatever reason, that match doesn't bother me. But Shawn Michaels coming back for his first match in nearly a decade, to work in a meaningless tag on a Saudi Arabia show is just, for some reason, I find that to be an abomination.
2: (laughs) That's a strong word choice
1: (laughs) for whatever. I think it's just because create creatively, there really hasn't been anything to explain. I mean, I guess there was the one promo uh, on raw a couple of weeks ago with Sean and undertaker. They kind of went back and forth at each other on the mic a little bit, and but other than that, I don't, I don't understand why is Shawn Michaels coming out of retirement? Well, in, in storyline, like I know it's probably because he's making hundreds of thousands of dollars, but
2: well, Kane choke slammed him on Monday, so he's got to get that revenge.
1: But but why did oh, Kane chokeslam him? what why why
2: <laughs> i mean because they wanted to do the match i think they just decide what they're gonna do and then the last thing they ever think about is how to present that story on tv but so... It's,
1: that's so offensive to me it's it's <laughs> so creatively
2: bankrupt
1: like I'm not saying we need to do a home invasion or anything. We don't need to see Kane and Undertaker riding down to Sean's ranch or whatever and <laughs> th- threatening to see I don't them
2: know. show up in the performance center while he's teaching Johnny Gargano how to look at the hard cam.
1: Something. Give me something. Give me some reason. Give me more of the Sean and Undertaker promos. Although I'm not sure those guys out there unscripted isn't necessarily a good idea. They've both had a lot of concussions. Um, yeah. But anyway, for whatever reason, the Australia match doesn't bother me. The Saudi Arabia match, I find highly offensive.
2: Now, is it most offensive to you because this is the match Sean's coming back for?
1: That's probably like 70% of it. Yeah. Okay.
2: (laughs) Because, I mean, I don't know if we ever discussed this on the show, but you were in the building for his last match.
1: What? Yeah, I managed to work that in like every other week. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Uh, Yeah um like yeah as a fan part of that is is that but i think like i i don't even necessarily want him to come back and work aj styles or gargano or i don't i don't care he can come back and work you know a 40 year old dude i don't care But why is he working in this like senior citizens tag match it's awful. <laughs>
2: I don't know. It's He wanted to do something with Hunter. Isn't that what you told me when I freaked out a couple weeks ago about this?
1: Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I really Who
2: don't
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's break down this show. If we haven't already, break it down. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I think maybe they figured out, um, based on an, the angle on SmackDown this week, maybe... They have kind of figured out that Becky's babyface.
2: No, they haven't. <laughs> no, they haven't. Whatever you, you think they did, they didn't do it.
1: Are you standing by your prediction that Charlotte uh, will um, not regain the title here, but will take it at uh, the Evolution show later this month?
2: Correct. That's that's what I'm sticking with for now.
1: All right. Asuka and Naomi versus the iiconics. I assume the iiconics will get some kind of uh heel win here to uh make the uh the home crowd
2: happy. That makes sense to me. You got you can pin Naomi, they'll probably pin Asuka, but they could pin Naomi. (laughs) They, yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah. The SmackDown tag titles, the new day versus the bar. Does it matter? Like, I feel like these teams have wrestled so many times. Um, and yeah, mean... but it's on
2: SmackDown now. <laughs> Before <laughs> when they wrestled two. a thousand times, it was on Raw.
1: <laughs> I've changed too. I have a beard now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I assume they, they they can they can hop potato this belt around for those belts around for a while. I don't.
2: It. Do, I mean, it seems especially with uh uh goat goat guy uh, Eric Rowan getting hurt. Like yeah. That, they yeah. don't have a strong direction. Uh, they they clearly don't want to do anything with sanity. They don't, <laughs> you know, They so basically you've got the bar in the New Day, and I guess you have the Usos still hanging around, but they've done, obviously they've done Usos in New Day a trillion times. So, yeah, it kind of just seems like maybe these guys can trade the belts back and forth for a couple months so they can get some some mileage out of that.
1: Another native Australian, Buddy Murphy, Will be wrestling Cedric Alexander for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. That's an actual match that is happening on pay-per-view. An actual match, Buddy Murphy.
2: I just want to know how one of Vince Russo's security guard characters <laughs> ended up in the Cruiserweight division. <laughs>
1: oh, tremendous! That'll always get a pop from me. <laughs> That's like one Russo idea that I always loved. <laughs>
2: The security guard who just suddenly one week become wrestlers. Yes.
1: (laughs) It's like you slowly introduce them as like bodyguards or security guards, and then you gradually work them into tag matches. Like I, (laughs) when I was uh, eight years old and booking matches with my action figures, I would do an angle like that. Like that, that makes
2: sense. So Ethan Renner was a big fan of the Harris brothers. That's what I'm hearing today.
1: Whoa. Slow down.
2: Uh, uh
1: sorry, it was there. Couldn't <laughs> Sure. AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe in a no count out, no DQ, there must be a winner match for the WWE title. I don't think Vince McMahon is going to ever have in, in, to uh the as the urban legend goes, his quote about Samoa Joe years ago was, "He's just another fat Samoan." And I don't see Vince wanting his WWE champion to be quote in his words just another fat Samoan uh, do you agree or disagree
2: um I mean I think it's I would guess his perception changed a little bit with the Brock stuff I don't think they would have put Joe against Brock and they wouldn't have put him in a three-month title program or put him with Roman if they didn't see him as something but I think that something is a lot of what we talked about with Braun which is that Samoa Joe will not ever be, like, a top heel champion or, in fact, a top babyface champion. He'll be a guy who works with guys who they want to be their top heels or babyfaces, which is not a terrible spot for a guy to have. But, no, I don't, I don't think Joe's winning here. I've just assumed because it's been, like, five minutes, we need to get Randy Orton back in the title picture soon. So I've just assumed Randy and AJ is, like, a direction for the winter I don't have, you know, they haven't really done anything to assert that on TV, but I've just kind of assumed by process of elimination that that's the next feud. So I assume AJ will just win.
1: Well, I mean, I guess there's a number one contenders match on this show and it's oh, Brian yeah. Brian against the Miz. So ultimately, but you know, I think it would be a very WWE thing to do to have Brian win that match, even though he's lost every match in the, of that feud so far. I don't know why he's going to start winning all of a sudden, but have him win that match and do the AJ and Brian program before WrestleMania season <laughs> and then have either Brian or AJ lose to whoever the next guy is at Mania. And sure, why couldn't that be 40-year-old Randy Orton
2: at that point? But <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> the way you laid it out.
1: <laughs> uh, as we, men- we mentioned, the number one contender match on the show, Brian and The Miz. Any feeling one way or the other on that one?
2: Daniel Bryan lost to Shelton Benjamin on SmackDown this week. Did you know that?
1: He also appeared to concuss himself.
2: Yeah. That was nasty.
1: Scary as hell.
2: Don't do the freaking headbutt, dude. Like Nobody
1: like... should do it.
2: No zero people. Zero people should do that in wrestling. Um it's it's never not caused some sort of problems for the people that do it. So just don't do it.
1: It also looks like crap.
2: Like yeah, it, it never looks, like looks you... good. You over or you undershot on a splash or something? Yes. I don't know. I don't. And like, and I think Shelton was supposed to roll out of the way and they just clonked heads awkwardly. But it's like, it's still stupid. Just don't do it. Do a crossbody. Or if you need to do a top rope move, yeah, do a crossbody or a big splash or an elbow drop or any number of a thousand things that isn't you jumping head first off the top rope.
1: It's. Really, really bad. Uh, Anyway, so your point was that Brian lost to Benjamin.
2: Yeah, I just... Well, first of all, Brian lost to Benjamin, and I did not care. Which (laughs) should tell you something about what they've done to Daniel Bryan this year. Because Daniel Bryan's probably still my favorite wrestler, but I have just no emotional investment in him at this point. And that's a a real testament to the work of uh, Big Cass... And the Bludgeon Brothers and and in fact the Miz. I've liked most of this Miz feud for the record. Like I we've talked about it on past shows. I liked the the Bree and Maurice stuff for the most part. I I liked most of that stuff. But it has not felt like a feud that in the end is going to make like Brian a bigger deal, or in fact make Miz a bigger deal in any way. So it just kind of feels like we've been treading water for like three months now or however long they've been feuding. Mm.
1: The Bella Twins and Ronda Rousey will be wrestling the right squad.
2: So I guess Liv is uh, cleared to fly on planes at least. Uh, I
1: guess. What happens if she can't go? (laughs) They just pulled Nikki from that match or something?
2: Eh, There's got to be another heel woman on the show. Get, Get Aunt Mickey. Oh, boy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. May as well. Uh, Ronda Rousey lost the last time she fought in Australia. I'd just like to point that out.
2: (laughs) Good point. Good call. Uh, I liked, I liked, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Ruby and Ronda's match on Monday because it's like one of the only things of Raw I saw. All right. Uh, I liked that. Now, a lot of people are like, Ronda sold too much, which is funny because we just talked about that in the Alexa match. Right. But it seemed like it made more sense for Ronda to sell much because here's a, a weird thing they did. Ruby cheated a bunch in the match. <laughs> oh, she really? was fish hooking her. She was doing like, she was like kneeing her in the back of the head and doing all this like really, you know, underhand. It doesn't mean you have to throw ceremonial salt. Like cheating doesn't have to be <laughs> brass knucks and salt in the eyes. Like it can be just like underhanded tactics, right? poking poking somebody in the eyes. Fish hooking, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And Ruby did that and therefore took most of the match, which I was fine with because it was very clear and made very clear by the announcers and because I have pair, a pair of eyes that that's what was happening. Ruby was absolutely bending the rolls and choking her against the ropes and doing all these underhanded things to get the advantage. And then eventually Rhonda just grabbed her and killed her. And it was great. <laughs> so I just want to point that out that you can do that. Heels can cheat. In, in uh, it doesn't have to be a cartoonish, uh, pro wrestling assault. way,
1: <laughs> ceremonial salt.
2: <laughs> That's a finish to a WrestleMania.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no red mist. Although, frankly, Ruby, there's no reason Ruby, Ruby Riot shouldn't like spray green mist or something. Why not? <sighs> Ruby Riot's a good professional wrestler, by the way.
2: She is, she's very good. Yeah.
1: All right. The Shield are wrestling uh, Strowman, Ziggler, and McIntyre uh, on this show. I assume that Ziggler is there to take the pin.
2: <laughs> you You would have to, right?
1: Yeah. I mean it's the only <laughs> it's the only possibility,
2: right? Unless Unless Uncle Dino turns here.
1: They're so heavy handed with that, and they don't shoot angles anymore. So (laughs) until it actually happens, I'll believe it when I see it. And I don't think it's going to happen until maybe the build to WrestleMania.
2: Yeah. I think it's, it's a, it's a while away still, but it's, they've obviously, they planted those seeds early on. They did the stuff on raw on Monday where Dean was offered title shots by, uh, by Constable Corbin and, and, and turned them down. So I thought that was, and he, and then of course there's lines and he gives to Roman later about, Hey man, maybe if I wasn't such a cool guy, I'd be the champ right now or something. So I, I, I like this. We talked about this last week and as you just pointed out, they so very rarely do stories of any kind anymore. I, I am intrigued by this. And obviously they've also done stuff to put dissension between, uh, Dolph and Braun and and Drew and Braun. So, I think I think there's a chance somebody's somebody's turning on somebody here. No matter what, I could see Braun just walking out of the match or something. Sure.
1: Uh, Bob Lashley and John Cena, John Felix Anthony Cena Jr. are going to be wrestling Elias and Kevin Owens.
2: See the picture Cena posted on Twitter the other day.
1: Uh I've seen pictures of Cena recently, but I don't specifically know which one you're speaking of.
2: That's just fine. He just posted a picture of, of himself like post workout. <laughs> Brother's got a neck like a stack of dimes.
1: He <laughs> purposely slimmed down.
2: Which I mean good good for him. He's like forty. I'm like, mm-hmm. That's the time to like reduce muscle mass, not increase it. Yeah. Yeah. But but I was, I was, he has like <laughs> kind of long hair and, and he's, and he's slim.
1: <laughs> and it's like, that's like a stack of
2: dimes. You remember when Randy Orton got hurt? And so his reward for getting off of steroids for a while was Vince coming out and insulting him on national television.
1: I do remember
2: that. Classic.
1: Mm. Um, Kevin Owen should still quit by the way.
2: Oh, I was talking with uh, one of our one of our Twitter friends this week. They're like, you remember when Kevin came back the week after he quit, and they said some line about how he now is like allowed to do whatever he wants on Raw and can attack <laughs> whoever he wants with no repercussions. It's like, but all he's done since he's been back is just hang out with Elias. And I said, are you implying that maybe they? just said something on TV one week without any plans to follow up on it. (laughs) Because that doesn't sound like the WWE I know. Good lord.
1: We already talked about Triple H and and Taker. Um, We didn't talk about what a finish might be. I could see Sean helping Hunter beat Taker. And then uh, Triple H and Sean doing the job in Saudi Arabia. What do you think?
2: Uh I, I don't know, because it felt to me like, uh, like Undertaker and Kane were trying to play heel on Monday. So I could see the reverse of that. I could see Undertaker winning here, because that's the other thing they keep mentioning is how Triple H can't beat the Undertaker. And then finally, Hunter will get his big win at the Saudi show.
1: Well, the other way, I mean, that's a valid viewpoint. Another valid viewpoint is that the Saudi Arabia shows, you have to look at them as if they're being booked like entertainment for a child's birthday party, <laughs> which is in many ways how these Saudi shows are being booked. And the Saudi prince, whoever that is, apparently requested Undertaker last time. Undertaker's the star in Saudi Arabia. Uh, I don't think Sean or Hunter, uh, they may be. St-
2: I don't know. Yeah, like I feel like Undertaker. Historically, Sean's never been a draw. So.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so Undertaker's the guy. So I think Undertaker, if he's going to get his hand raised, <laughs> it's going to be there.
2: Undertaker's the guy. Jesus. <laughs> oh, what a world.
1: Uh, there's the New Japan King of Pro Wrestling show coming up very early Monday morning. Uh, triple threat for the IWGP Championship, Kenny Omega, Kode Ibushi, and my son, Kode.
2: <laughs> He's so proud. <laughs> Everything he
1: does is so cinematic. It's like a movie. <laughs> That's my terrible Dusty Rhodes. Um, uh, I don't know. What do you think of this show? Are you excited for it at all? And uh, uh, Tanahashi against uh, Switchblade for the briefcase.
2: Uh, I'm excited, uh, generally speaking. <laughs> um, I would be more excited if it was Omega and, and Ibushi. Like, I think that's kind of a common thought because I like, I think most people's thoughts on Cody is that he's like a really great character. And to his credit, we didn't really talk about that back when we talked about All In, but he worked his butt off to get a something memorable out of the worst wrestler I've ever seen, Nick Aldis. Um Gosh. And like that guy is like just a blank slate of boring <laughs> charisma. He's just a void. Creator, and Cody...
1: creator wrestler.
2: Yes. And he's also like, he decided at like age 42 to get like more jacked and muscular than he's ever been before. So he also can't move at all now. Great, great decision, Nick. Anyway, um, Co- so I do think, I think Cody, like everything Cody does, I never see Cody look like out of place necessarily, but like the two matches he had with Kenny this year, very clearly they decided to not try to have like a new Japan singles match. They did like hardcore uh, indie wrestling matches instead and they were entertaining and memorable, but I think everybody, and maybe that suggests that they think Omega's staying past January. And so they have time to do, uh, Omega Abushi in a singles match sometime next year, but maybe at Madison Square Garden, for instance. But I, uh, yeah, I, I will just say I was not thrilled with the inclusion of Cody in in that match because, like, I don't, I don't know. If there's a match I want to see any more than I w- I mean, see, he- than Omega and Abushi as far as New Japan right now. Uh, I mean, I think Omega Tanaha should be really good, but as far as that, you know, insane pace like what you expect out of that would be just incredible. And it's just, it's going to be different with Cody involved. That's not necessarily bad. It's just different.
1: Sure. But you know, the alternative is you're doing is that you would have done Ibushi and Omega on like uh, eight days notice, (laughs) which because of how they announce cards and book things would, I mean, we would kill WWE on the show if they announced, you know, I don't even know what the equivalent is. Triple H and The Undertaker. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, they announced that twelve weeks in advance.
1: Right, right. But Which you know is,
2: Yeah. No, you're right. It's probably for the best that they didn't just throw that match out here on, on a random show. But that's yeah, that was that was my thought. It was like, well, I really want to see Omega and Ibushi in a singles match, but it's still an interesting thing. And I do think that uh Jay White is a little better every time I see him. And I think now he kind of knows what his character is, as opposed to last year at Wrestle Kingdom, where he just had a nickname and a <laughs> hand gesture. Yes. And he wasn't really, sh- like, now that he kind of knows what his role is, um, like, he got a lot of heat on that show last weekend. And he was really good at the last uh, U.S. show, uh, not not counting the part where he broke Jim Ross's ribs. but. <laughs> Uh, you know, he, he was very good at playing the heel and people really got into Juice Robinson as a result of that. So I I like, I like Jay White a little bit more than I did, uh, six months ago.
1: Dave Batista, big Dave, uh, is coming back to WWE for SmackDown 1000 uh, later this month in Washington, DC. Um, we talked before about how ridiculous it is that WWE has somehow finished somehow managed to find a way to feud with Batista. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess maybe they squashed that a little bit because he's coming back, but I know you have some thoughts on Batista's return.
2: He's coming back. I mean, just, just real quick, give me some names that you consider like the faces of SmackDown over the years.
1: Uh, Edge. Sure. Um, The late Eddie Guerrero. Sure. Rey Mysterio. Uh-huh um going way back Dwayne sure uh Dave
2: Batista Dave Batista there you go <laughs> <laughs> our our improv game is so strong um so Dave was for better or worse he was the a big time star on Smackdown for several years as a babyface. I think more uh I think maybe more hardcore fans preferred his later heel run, which I don't think that's a secret. We've talked about that on our show. Uh, you know, the heel, the leather vest wearing uh, heel spotlight Dave Batista is, to me, one of the best, best wrestling characters of the last 20 years. But he was a big-time babyface star um, on SmackDown for several years and was the world champion for a really long time had the WrestleMania match with Undertaker. Big big deal. Really big deal. And also by the way, now he's a giant movie star. Yeah. Um and their solution, they got him back. They they should be first of all, they should be begging this dude to do anything with them. He wants <laughs> to do stuff with them and they're like not returning his phone calls. They're <laughs> such a weird dumb organization run by Petty carnies, but anyway, they're bringing him back, which is good. It's in his hometown of Washington D.C. Thousand Smackdown. He deserves to be there. He's one of the faces of the brand over the years. He's coming back with Evolution, a group who I should mention was never on SmackDown.
1: <laughs> yes,
2: it's like I don't like whatever you think of Big Dave as a person. He's very outspoken politically. Maybe that rubs people the wrong way. Um, but he's a giant star and he deserves to have like a moment just for him. and the idea that he's gonna have to come out to the evolution theme and stand on stand on the stage with Grandpa Rick and an old man an old man Hunter. and like first of all, why is Randy Orton even agree? Isn't Randy Orton's current character that like he hates nostalgia acts? and he hates anything that the fans like so shouldn't he be just like anti this thing or like refuse to participate in it anyway
1: yeah yeah you're applying logic uh i i think i mean i think the segment ends with big dave batista bombing orton but what do i know
2: i I just i hope above all i hope big dave comes back because i love that dude and I want to get an apartment with him. <laughs> and, oh, oh, out. and that's all. But most importantly, Dave should have his own segment. That's all I'm saying. Big Dave should not have to share with Hunter. And Hunter can come out and do his dumb DX stuff that he does at every reunion show. <laughs> and Ric Flair can come out and they won't give him a mic and he'll just say woo. And then that'll that'll be the end of that. Like you don't just give just give Big Dave his time. Give him a spotlight. Please. That's all I'm asking.
1: All right. Uh, Liam, do you know what time it is?
2: Uh, I don't know. It's depending on when we're recording this, I... Uh, I uh, uh-oh.
1: It's boss time! And now... It's boss time! So, I took to Twitter on Wednesday evening of this week, and I managed to connect some dots meaning i looked at tweets from both trish stratus and sasha banks and i noticed that they're both going to be at new york uh, comic-con on thursday this week so i took my recently framed autograph photo that i had both of them sign and i tweeted uh to sasha banks i replied to her tweet about going to comic-con i said hey can you and trish stratus uh, cut some promos on each other tomorrow. I'm still trying to book this match. And Trish Stratus uh, responded and retweeted my thing and said, I think that can be arranged. And now my Twitter is just blowing up with randos retweeting and liking this tweet and sending very um, strange comments to me about their feelings for both uh, Trish and Sasha. And anyway, oh, I'm you not- Women's
2: I- Wrestling has some weirdos in their fandom? No way
1: yes uh i was shocked to learn this myself but anyway uh, i'm not sure exactly what the boss's current uh, health issue is but i guess she's being advertised for a couple of shows at the end of october and one in november so i think she'll be back sooner than later and my goal is still to get this match booked: trish stratus versus sasha banks and i think there's a good chance that uh That this that this happens. So big big Twitter week for your boy.
2: (laughs) Do you have an idea of where this show would happen, or where this match would happen?
1: Uh, Um, in a wrestling ring. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Evolution is obviously the place, but they uh, they they're doing Trish. They're doing Trish and Alexa. They're, they booked another match for that
2: They put show. Trish with a real star. It would be
1: WrestleMania for crying
2: out loud. You think, I, dude, I I don't want to rain on your parade here. But I just, they don't see Sasha the way you or apparently Trish see Sasha. And I just don't, unless she's going to come back, unless Trish is coming back like for like a six month run, I don't think they're going to do that match by the way we're out of time <laughs> what,
1: uh, what? <laughs> that was boss time she told me that she wants to she will do the match
2: but they don't want <laughs> if they don't want her to do the match it doesn't matter what she wants Unless she right. co- says, I'm only coming back to wrestle Sasha Banks, in which case they would just say, we don't <laughs> care. You're not wrestling Sasha Banks. Like, like when Dave wanted to come back and wrestle Hunter, and they're like, nah, mm-hmm. nah.
1: No, he's you want wrestle- to be
2: Ronda's partner? Yes, I do. <laughs> Never mind. We're not going to text you back.
1: <laughs> Never mind. Triple H has to wrestle Pop-Pop again.
2: Yeah, that's fine.
1: Anyway, uh, well, my birthday is in August. Maybe I can book this for my birthday party next year. Mm, yes. <laughs> it's wonderful. Well, I think, again, I've said too much.
2: <laughs> well, we've covered a lot of ground on the show this week. and uh,
1: Shared a few laughs. laughs.
2: Correct. And maybe learned a thing or two along the way. So I think it's time we, uh, we wrap it up here.
1: All right, enjoy the super showdown, everybody. Until next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. And we'll be back very soon with more stories from the Wrestling Life.
2: Goodbye.
0: Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Wrestling Life
2: Check engine light came in on, on my car, which oh, is no. less than a year old. Oh, and no. Still driving okay, so I wasn't that worried, but I took it in to the dealership because, you know, theoretically it should be under warranty. Right. And uh, the guy, after seemingly taking longer than I would have expected to just check, you know, do that basic diagnostic the guy comes out and says, You happen to live in the woods? <laughs> <laughs> I said, no. He said, well, we think something chewed your fuel line. <laughs> and if that's the case, it's not under warranty. <laughs> I, said, I said, well, basically he went on to explain that. It doesn't matter if the thing isn't your fault as long as it's not Toyota's fault. <laughs> they don't have to cover it. So... <laughs> I am, uh, yeah. So apparently a a squirrel or something chewed on my fuel line and it leaks now. So that sounds awful. I mean, it's still driving okay right now. (laughs) So I, I, no, I'll probably take it to, uh, uh, somebody soon and, uh, try to get that. That was the other thing. When he called me to tell me that it was the fuel line and that it wouldn't be covered by warranty. He told me, well, here we can't just order a new fuel hose. We'd have to order an entire new uh, gas tank. (laughs) I said, what? (laughs) How is that possibly like your only solution? He's like, look, there's, but it's like, these are like the only toy, I guess toy it's Toyota dealership. So they can only do Toyota approved repairs or whatever. And I guess Toyota itself doesn't just sell a fuel hose for their cars he's like so it would be about twelve thirty for uh for that he said give me my car give me my car i'm going, I'm going home <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> he's like all right and he's like trying to make it seem like i'm the weirdo for not wanting to replace my entire my entire fuel tank Ugh.
1: when it's probably what you know a hundred dollar hose or something that,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like fifty dollars for the hose, and most places will replace it for like a hundred and fifty dollars. So, right, yeah, so that's <laughs> that was...
1: there's so- something I didn't realize until getting uh married. And having a wife that uh, makes a lot more money than I do mm-hmm. was that there's like this whole group of people that take their car to the dealership to get, to get it worked on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm used to like going to mechanics that, you know, are really shady. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like... Wait a minute, that
2: costs how much? <laughs> yeah.
1: I, you could take it, you know, to Joe's down the street, and I'm sure he'll do it for, you know, a fifth of that. But as you mentioned, you know, it won't be the Toyota-approved whatever. But right. But anyway, I guess uh, the idea is that, you know, for the first 50 or 75,000 miles you own the car, mm-hmm. that... That you should do that, that you should actually go to the dealer. Yeah. <laughs> I had not ever driven a car <laughs> with, le- <laughs> with less than 100,000 miles on it. So, yeah.
2: I didn't, I didn't know that. But, yeah, it's one of those fun life experiences.
1: Good times. All right. We are doing a wrestling podcast, and neither one of us watched very much wrestling this week. Correct. <laughs> so, so let's just try to gloss over that. And oh, I also read Rock Kabutko's column when he said, and he mentioned that Mark DeRosa is an obvious candidate for the Orioles managerial job. Uh (laughs) It's just like. There are certain things he's good at on that show, and he's actually like breaking down baseball stuff. Like, eh, it makes sense. And, you know, you want the, everybody wants the, the CEO type or, you know, the, yeah. the media poster boy that now. And he's that, and he'd be fine for that, I guess, whatever.
2: But I, I'd like to see a GM get hired first, though, right? Like, <laughs> yes. is, Brady, is Brady hiring the manager right now? Like, I don't.
1: I don't know what. what...
2: Do you remember what? the one postseason between McPhail and Duquette where Buck just did all of our <laughs> off season stuff? Yeah. Like any fine, but like that was such a weird Like We're just not gonna have a general manager through you know the entire offseason. It'll be fine. Sure. Great.
1: You know, I'm sorry that it ended this way for Buck and Duquette. Duquette was given an absolutely impossible job and he somehow <laughs> got three playoff appearances out of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he traded away <laughs> a starting rotation full of the most valuable asset in the game. I mean, that's controllable young starting pitching. But yeah. at the same time, he was doing what he had to do to try to compete. I don't know. And Buck deserves a better fate. But uh, the day that Buck, in uh, August or September this year, when Buck said that uh, mm-hmm. if the Orioles were to release Craig Gentry, that another team would sign him tomorrow... That was the moment where I decided, you know, maybe it's okay if Buck leaves.
2: like, when I did, you read the article? I guess last month about they interviewed. It was about the turmoil on the Orioles, but they interviewed Brock and Gosman in it, and they uh. said, and like, and they were asking them basically like, what changed when you went to the Braves and suddenly became like great, right? And they talked about how like as soon as they got there, they had like a stack of. Uh, analytics and film to go over, and they changed the way Gosman stood on the mound, and all of a sudden, like we're just <laughs> off to the races. Right? It's it just, and it's just struck me. It's like, okay, Buck's never gonna be that guy, and right, and it's not. It's God bless him, and and I think we talked about like, yeah, he should have been able to manage as long as he wanted for what he did. I guess, yeah. But I can't. I'm I'm okay with completely clean slate here and i'd like to see them hire you know a gm who then gets to bring in his manager and i know uh that i don't know as long as there's like these weird things like right and i know people were talking about bordick as the manager and i was Mm -hmm. like again that's another like blank canvas for a gm to you know install (laughs) and exactly And do and you know see through their vision that which I'm not opposed to that style because it seems like that's just how baseball goes now, but yeah, yeah, it's I mean, it was it was tough and it's you know, watching Joe average Orioles fan, just it's like, (laughs) it's like, yeah, Duquette didn't sign, didn't get a lot of people signed back, but like, if he we don't if he did not sign Nelson Cruz, we don't win that division in 2014. Like he signed Adam Jones long term. He found he dumpster dove and found like Miguel Gonzalez and Bud Norris and these guys. And yeah, and they helped, they were good enough for one year to get us close, you know. And if Manny didn't get hurt that year and if Davis had kept up with his Adderall prescriptions and whatever, (laughs) like, yeah, that was the year. Like, that was the year. Everything since then has been, you know, kind of a nightmare, but yeah. It's like, yeah, that's he got us as close as we were gonna get with the team we had. Like, I don't know anybody could deny that. Yeah.
1: Four fourteen was so weird because you, you ran it well, there's two things. You ran into the the buzz saw that was Kansas City, and just like, well, that was just horrible luck. <laughs> like, yeah. and the other thing was, well, we didn't score any runs in that series against Kansas City, and some of that's because all of our runs came via the home run. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like we, we were only in that position because all of our runs came by the home run because they found that the one way you could compete, you know, that that home runs were a cheap commodity that you could buy. Yeah. <laughs> and so they found that, you know, they had to have a, uh, a David strategy <laughs> when going against Goliath. Mm-hmm. And and so they chose, well, we'll just have this boomer bust power all-power
2: offense. and. Mm-hmm. And then in the ALCS, Ryan Flaherty was the only person who hit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about wrestling, I guess.
0: (laughs) I try to keep on keeping on.